Hello, my peeps. It's your boy, Chido. G-I-T-O is how you spell it. Chido is how you say it. Meta 2 is how you end it. Back again with another improvisational fact session. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm missing some, some notes. Yeah, it's not going as... <laughs> As I planned in my head, but back again with another improvisational fact session, baby. Ooh, we now, 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 get this right. A while ago, I read a story and it was about seeking true happiness. You can interpret this story however, in how many ways you, in whatever many ways you can. I see it a lot, especially in young people. You I see it a lot in a in a lot of young people that are in that are on the path of self-discovery. And then I see it a lot in adults that neglected the self-discovery path and start to try and find themselves in a youthful behavior. Now the story goes like this. There was a boy who wanted to know about true happiness. What what is happiness? It's like you as a child at home trying to find out from your parents what love is, what sex is, right? So this boy asks his father, Father, what, what is happiness? I, I want to know what true joy is, right? Imagine yourself now asking your parent whatever question that is uncomfortable for you to even imagine asking them. Sex. For teenagers, for young people that are between the ages of 35, well, the, between the ages of 40 and let's say 18, when's the right time to get married, right? When's the right time to have a baby? The question is, like, whatever question, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing words here. I'm, I'm improvising. It's improvisational fact session, baby. Ooh, wee. So, father says, there's a king, very wise king that I will send you to. And when you get there, you will find the answer to your question. And then you might be thinking, why isn't the parent answering this question? I mean, it's the parent's responsibility to feed their offspring information about the world, about life, right? And at the same time, when the parent does that, some kids, some youthful people might feel like these parents are trying to dictate how I should live my life. So when a parent says go out there and figure out or go to a place like this and that and you will find the truth that you seek. When a parent does that, right? When the parent feeds you to the world, he or she is doing that for your benefit. And you might be thinking, no, that's irresponsible. And the parent might be thinking, well, you wanted to know about life, didn't you? And in your head, you might be thinking, yeah, I did, but I wanted you to tell me about life. I mean, you're the one who brought me to this world. So the parent feeds their offspring to the world, basically with hopes of not being eaten by the world. You know, they do that with high hopes of you making it out alive. I throw you in hell because I believe that you're going to make it out, right? And at the same time, the child, the offspring, always attacks the parent indirectly with behavior, with rebellious behaviors and all of that. The, off the offspring always attacks the parent because 
the parent is the only person that makes sense to you relatively or relatively in a way that you, you can you can say shit to this person and this person will still let you live under their roof. So you feel like, okay, it's okay for me to be a bit rebellious, for me to throw tantrums here and there, you know, just to, you know, spice up the atmosphere in the house. Hoo-ha! You trade shots with your parents, testing each other's tolerance for each other. You know, your parents test how, how strong your will is by throwing you, by throwing you out into, in, into the world. What, whatever question you have for them, they'll answer you by throwing you out into the world and finding the answer. And then they'll, you'll have to come back and, you know, confirm. And then you, you throw in some punches here and there just to make sure that they still know that you are your own person, right? Just to make sure that you show them that they don't have to try to control you. So the boy goes out to the wise king like the father told him to do so. Considering that the boy really respects the father's instruction. He gets there, she gets there. I, I, I don't, yeah, I think I shouldn't, you know. Look, it's not one-sided, it's not gender-based. It's a story, you know, it's fictional. The person can be a girl for all I care. The king can be a queen, you know. Just don't don't put specific genders to it. Don't be don't feel like I'm not supporting or I'm not accommodating your gender or or whatever. It's it's just a story. So the person gets to the royal place where there's a royal person, <laughs> a very wise royal person. Let's just use those um what what are they called? Pronouns? I think so. And then the this young person gets there and finds a whole event. It's like a party. It's like a convention of, of just royals. And bear in mind, this, this little youthful person is, is a peasant. This is someone who's from a place that literally lives on bread and water daily. And this person gets there and it's like, holy macaroni on walls. What in the world is going on? It's so royal. It's... It's too fleshy for the young person to comprehend. So this young person approaches the party, the soiree, the shindig, and finds this royal elder, wise royal elder, accompanied by a lot of people, just ministers and presidents and, and other high-ranked individuals just all over each other. No, it's not an orgy. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's a rhyme for your mother. <laughs> Just kidding. Eating grapes, they're feasting, they're drinking. They, the, the young person waits until everything is over and everything has come down, the mood has settled and the young person approaches the wise royal elder and asks the same question the young person asked their parent. What is the meaning of life? What is sex? What's the truth? What is true happiness? How do I propose without looking like an idiot? How do I, you know, this person just throws the question. You know, the, the question that you have inside, the question that you feel like, if I ask my significant other, I, this, this is a win or lose matter. This is a deal breaker. This is a, this seals everything. If I get the proper answer to this, I'm done. I'm set for the next 20 years. I'm good. So the, the young person asks the question. Boom. And the royal wise elder takes a spoon, a tablespoon, not a teaspoon, a tablespoon, and grabs what looks like a, a vase, you know, a flower vase, but it's a very fancy looking type of bottle and pours onto the spoon what looks like oil. It's very goldish, looks precious, too precious 
to even spill. So the royal wise elder pours that oilish liquid onto the spoon very carefully so that not even a drop hits the ground. The royal wise elder flicks their hair, fixes their face, takes a drink of the wine, looks at this young person. I want you to take this spoon of oil and walk around my castle. Just do a lap. Just one lap, admiring my garden, admiring the statues, the golden linings on my furniture, admiring every beautiful detail I have put into building this monumentous castle of beauty that I have invested my life in. I want you to just take it all in. I want you to come back and tell me about each and everything that you saw. Admire everything around you in this castle of mine. Here's the spoon of oil. And then the boy went, admiring everything, everything, everything. From the walls, the painting, the ceiling, the chandeliers, the tiles, the furniture, the curtains, the statues, the gardens, the trees, the fountains, the stairs, the, the colored glass. The windows, it was, the young person was just marveled. And as the young person went back to tell the royal wise elder about what the young person has just seen, then starts talking about what the young person has seen all around the castle. The, the royal wise elder asks, but where's the oil? Now, the young person had to not spill the oil, but the young person spilled the oil. So the royal wise elder tells the person, the young person that, let's try that again. Don't spill the oil, but at the same time, do another lap. And then the young person went, this time being very, very careful to not spilling the oil, focusing their eyes straight upon the spoon and the oil, making sure that they, they do not even spill a single drop of the oil. And the young person comes back, to the royal wise elder with the spoon still bearing the oil. And the royal wise elder asks, so tell me, what did you see? Now, the young person couldn't answer because the only thing they focused on was the oil. Didn't see anything. I mean, how, how, how are you expecting me to not spill the oil if I'm going to have to focus on everything that's around me? And how am I supposed to see everything around me if I'm going to have to focus on the oil? Now that was the answer to the person's question. Cherish what's on your spoon. Don't lose sight of what's around you. Now we, we're different individuals. We have different morals and, and we value different things in different ways. I mean, other people value the Bible. Other people don't value the Bible. For other people, the Bible is the oil that you, that you shouldn't spill. It's something that you have to live by. It's something you focus on and you don't even shift your gaze to even look at the chandeliers and the pictures on the wall. You don't even pay attention to anything that looks entertaining to the physical body, right? That's how it's driven into most young people that the Bible is the spoon and the oil. Don't you dare spill it. Don't you dare shift your gaze from it. And then you find people that live by it, strictly not focusing on anything around them. And then you find people that don't live by the Bible, people that just run willy-nilly, not having anything that they live by, not having like a moral code, they're just focusing on everything that's just on the walls, on the streets, on the TVs, billboards, fleshy, life, people that are always spilling the oil, people that don't have something that's guiding them to a way of life that can better their future, people that are not grounded, people that are not rooted to a sense of 
of virtuousness. You know, you're an individual. You want answers. You want to know things about life because you're still young. And with the little time we have as young people, you want to squeeze in a lot of things, a lot of experience, a lot of joy, a lot of adventure. You just want to shove everything into that can and you want to do it in so little time that it's even frustrating the people around you. You seem to, to be rushing things. You know, when you're folding clothes, preparing to go for camp, you're not just gonna take everything and just shove it, just shove it, shove it. You have to fold everything and make sure that everything fits perfectly so that you can fit enough to take on the road. You're not just gonna take unfolded clothes and just put them in. Cause then when, when it's time to zip up everything, it's not gonna be easy when you have to unzip, unpack and carry on. Cause then everything is just shriveled up. Everything looks bad. You know, now, now, now when it's time to just unload everything, it's like, whew, you've been piling crap on crap on crap. Though it's not your fault, it somehow is. You know, when, when you shove things on top of each other, on top of each other, one on top of the other, you, you, you torture the person in the future for what happened in the past. And, and then you start blaming the person, you start blaming the person in the past for what's happening in the future. And you're gonna blame the spoon, or you're gonna blame the oil, or you're gonna blame the, the fancy things around you. You're always gonna shift blame because you're so afraid of accepting that you haven't been you haven't been letting yourself learn how to be responsible and though you can never teach someone that though you can never really be taught how to be responsible it's something that you just have to make peace with when it happens when a, when an opportunity says boy Gino, marido setting out from another provisional third session Baby, ooh, we.